In the corners of the early internet, a mystery began unfolding in an unlikely place, a forum discussing the band Pink Floyd. Even before Cicada 3301, users online banded together to try to solve it, but to this day, it still mystifies many users. Today, we discuss perhaps the oldest internet mystery, the Publius Enigma. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force. It's Monday, so you know we got another mystery for you here on Red Web. I am your resident mystery enthusiast, Trevor Collins. Joining me, hearing this mystery for the very first time, that good, good gut instinct, Alfredo Diaz. Sounds like a mystery that I just made up and named. The Publius? Publius Enigma. The Publius Enigma. Publius. It's Latin. Some people say Publius, because okay. that's kind of how it's spelled. P-U-B-L-I-U-S. Sounds like it's a butchered version, comparatively. Yeah. So this is a mystery surrounding the band Pink Floyd? It's heavily involving Pink Floyd, and we haven't talked about old internet mysteries for quite some time, but it talks about the old infrastructure of the internet using Usenets and how people communicated. We'll get into all of that, but man, I just gotta say, I feel like we sound different. We sound buffer today. We've been working out, you, me, separately. Well, see, the thing is, Uh we'll we'll peel back the curtains a little bit, Uh okay? Right. With those glistening, rippling muscles you uh, have now? In, in, the, in the red web compound. Oh. Okay. Right. All right. We, we now have the technology. Yeah. To become buff scientists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you will see, <laughs> if you're going to RTX. Yeah. You're going to see a, a buffer Trevor and Alfredo. <laughs> this is, this, we're not actually bullshit. You're like, we are, we are going ham. We're lifting the mind, comp- body, and spirit. The, yeah. Everything is getting stronger. Yep. Spirits for the ghosts. We gotta, you know, repel the demons. Mm-hmm. Body, just for the sake of getting old. And then the minds, right. gotta, gotta love a buff mind. The thing is, when all else fails, I've come to the conclusion that I might have to try and put a ghost in a chokehold. You know what? <laughs> and in, in my previous state, it would <laughs> not know. have accomplished anything. <laughs> but I'm working my way up. All right. Well, while you work on that, those unreachable heights... I'm just going to sit here with my task force hat on, uh, the silver tinfoil lined hat, and that's going to protect me. So you work on those muscles to chokehold some ethereal entities, and I'll just wear my ghoul hat I'm gonna with tinfoil s- in it. Squeeze the goop out of them. <laughs> All the ectoplasm? Yeah, and I'll uh, scoop it up with my hat. Well, that is true. We have RTX coming in about a month from now, as of the recording of this, probably less by the time you're hearing this, rtxaustin.com. Come hang out with us July 7th through 9th. We've got a panel coming, a whole escape room that we designed, and much more, as well as a bunch of other friends and peers of ours. So come hang out, store.roosterteeth.com if you want to protect yourself as you come with that tinfoil-lined hat. But with that said, let's dive into the Publius Enigma, what it is, where it came from, and if Fredo made it up. All right. In 1994, the band Pink Floyd was on a world tour promoting their new album, The Division Bell. June 11th, 1994, the Usenet newsgroup for Pink Floyd fans, alt.music.pink-floyd, received a strange message. To remind people who might not know or don't remember the episode Cicada 3301, Usenet is an alternative way to access the internet compared to the World Wide Web. And newsgroups are essentially early forums, something like Reddit, but are not necessarily news-focused. It's just a way for people to kind of communicate in threaded... Congregate. Yeah. It kind of functions like a, like a bulletin board. 
And Usenets themselves started in 1980 as a way for two universities, a scholastic endeavor, to share files, but eventually it expanded to become the precursor to what we know as forums on the internet. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. If you're curious though, many of these are still accessible to this day through various archive websites, and we'll talk about how you can still access this one, the Pink Floyd one, at the very end. Oh, by the way, I got a tease. There's a post-credit scene on this podcast. What? Oh, yeah. We're going to fade to black, and then it's going to come right back. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. excited. We I got love a, post-credits. It's a very interesting format today. But let's talk about the message that came from somebody named Publius, because this is what they wrote. Quote, the message. My friends, you have heard the message Pink Floyd has delivered, but have you listened? Perhaps I can be your guide, but I will not solve the enigma for you. All of you must open your minds and communicate with each other, as this is the only way the answers can be revealed. I may help you, but only if obstacles arise. Listen, read, think, communicate. If I don't promise you the answers, would you go? Publius. Anything stand out to you in that message at all? Uh, listen, read, think, that whole thing. Mm -hmm. I guess you're listening to the song, reading the lyrics. I guess it's kind of giving you a direction to start in. Yeah. I think you're totally right. Because then it says, think on that. Yeah. And then come back here to hive mind, think about it. Right. That's my favorite part is that whoever's behind this is immediately activating the idea that this is a unique forum for people to instantly connect from across the globe and be able to share the puzzle solving process. Yeah, this is the place to do it. Mm -hmm. And then to the, to the idea of you saying lyrics, the end, if I don't promise you the answers, would you go? I think is actually a lyric from one of the songs on that album. So that was about what I was going to get to, mm -hmm. which was, I'm sure something in there is a lyric to some, to a song or some of the songs. And that is a further in-depth starting point. Absolutely. Totally right. So Publius, as you can suspect, was totally anonymous as they were using what was called a pennant remailer. A remailer is a service that allows someone to send and receive messages on news groups while protecting their privacy. And then the pennant remailer allows users to use a pseudonym to confirm their identity instead of an email address. Essentially, others see the pseudonym. So they don't see name at AOL.com or whatever at the time emails look like. Yeah. They would just see Publius. It's like a Google phone number, right? Yeah. Like you use your phone kind number, of. but you have a phone number that masks between it. Right. So it's a way for a user to consistently validate themselves on mm -hmm. the back end through an anonymous server. So you always know it's the same person, right? but you don't know who that person is. Mm -hmm. So I, that's one of the first of its kind happening in this mystery. I think we all now, especially the task force being mystery enthusiasts, might take that kind of idea for granted because that is anonymity is, is baked into many websites at this point. Yeah. But this is one of the first times, if not the first time on the internet that someone goes, hey, I want to make a puzzle that uses the hive mind of this brand new internet. And also I'm going to activate some of the tools therein to stay totally anonymous. It's so interesting, like back then it's like, ooh, be careful what you say on the internet. Now the people are just throwing everything out They're there. They're throwing it all out there. All of it. Here's my social. <laughs> oh, hold on. That ain't gonna get any likes. Right, that's, that's true. But but you did it to try it. I, I don't mean, know, weird. Their, their current location and like, like video footage of it's them running around their house, stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. like, it is crazy. Everyone wilding out. Oh, yeah. I, I have a, this is my little baby theory, Task Force. I'm curious what you think. I 
I think a generation will swing by and we'll revert. We'll go, why, I say we, the younger generation that's yet to come, will probably sit there and go, why were you ever present online? Why'd you put everything online? I think I, that will happen, but I don't I, know. I, I That or we'll stick the internet in our brains and we'll just true. always be we'll just even, reading Wikipedia we'll articles like we'll go even deeper. I feel like we would need some type of major global, like exposure of people's mm. personal information for everyone to just go I don't like for everyone to like take a huge step back and just be like no yeah I'm with you there's also the flip side of the coin which is we just hybridize we merge with technology because AI is hot on the presses right now and then we just become some new hybrid thing and so we're just the internet incarnate our bodies are just cyborgs and anyway, I'm going you, deep off the end well, here, here's a question to the task force mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like to everyone at this table, um, Christian sitting across from me, fiercely typing away. Would you do cyber enhancements? I ain't going to be the beta. I'm right, right, be the right. alpha tester. Right. Maybe, maybe like it started tomorrow. Give me operating 10, system 5.0 and I'll be like, maybe. 10, 15 years from now or whatever, 20 years from now. It's uh -huh. like, it's, it's a solid product. Does it read and write, or does it just write? I, I'm just talking like you know what I'm saying. Just if it think can, of just like minor can, bio enhance, like oh, okay, just minor okay. enhance. I was thinking like neuro chips and stuff because I'm like, if it can access my memories, yikes. Yeah, but if it Someone's can like it, selling it somewhere then. But if it can write to it only, man, I don't know, man. Maybe that's where I become the grizzled old man, and I go. You kids with your neuro chips and extended yeah. extendable fingers, I, go I, go gadget devices out the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just go go ass, ass, go, go ass blaster. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like there's like an age range, right? Yeah, I feel like our maybe like it around our age range, um, like late twenties. Yep, we're all late 20s. You know what I mean? Everyone something like us. that. Something like that range is kind of like, uh, I don't know. But I feel like you tack on 20, 30 years to us, we'd be like, just enhance me. What makes my what yeah. makes my life easier? And then the flip right. side is when you're younger, you're just like, yeah, sure. Like throw in that enhancement. Like, let me, I want to do cool stuff. So I feel like the age range that we're in, we're more reluctant. We're just like, is it going to make it worse? Is it really going to make it better? Mm -hmm. What's the catch here? I'm older, just gas me up with yeah. electronics. Hit me with like some spinal uh, support so my back doesn't hurt yeah. later on. Like stuff yeah, yeah. like that. Absolutely. Like yeah. quality of life things, but I don't need the go. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be quality of life. I don't, I don't need any of yeah, that. I don't need life. that or the, being able to search the internet through my eyes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are thinking too small. I'm either out or I'm in. And if I'm in, I'm saying I want to be Spider Man. I don't care if I'm 75 <laughs> swinging from the rooftops. I. <laughs> I want to be able to do the thing. This man's going to splat right into a building is what's going to happen. I'll figure it out. And I'll do exactly what Peter Parker did. I'll splat and then I'll go, I learned. It, it, let, me, let me tell you, Task Force, it won't be a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive back in. So now the reactions come. This is one of the first of its kind, like I said. And so now you have people that use these Usenets, these news groups, to talk to one another, spread information, what you might have. But now we have somebody coming through with an interesting puzzle and you have a mixture of reactions. There's actually many people upset about how this is coming through. And maybe not upset, but certainly flaming the individual named Publius, responding not really with hate, but just kind of like, all right, what is this? What is this little 
vague puzzle sort of situation. But then you have other people that were much more intrigued, thought differently of this situation. Well, I would assume it's more so it's like, look, we don't do that kind of thing here, okay? Yeah, right? totally. Like, we'll, just, okay, just... We watch. share news with each other. It's all factual. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Get this whole mystery thing out of here. It's right. not what we do. Okay? We don't do that here. We don't. All right. Well, either way, this is where the mystery starts to get really interesting. Now, it's worth noting that Pink Floyd was traveling, touring on concerts around this time. And between the concert locations, Columbia Records was flying an airship called the Division Bell between all the city locations. B-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E like with Pink Floyd on it? Yeah, sometimes okay. the, the band would actually fly on the airship to the next location. Wait, if not, why was the airship flying in the first place then? Just equipment? Or? I don't know. There was a press kit for the airship that contained a segment, so I'll, I'll read that and see if it helps elucidate us. But, quote, A spokesperson for Pink Floyd has issued the following statement. You have spotted the Pink Floyd airship. Do not be alarmed. Pink Floyd have sent their airship to North America to deliver a message. The Pink Floyd airship is headed towards a destination where all will be explained upon arrival. Pink Floyd will communicate. End quote. So I think it's more of a stunt. I think it's a way to drum up some press, but also potentially carry on this allure, this, this mystery, to build out the album from more than just a sonic experience to more of a, as we would say now, an augmented reality experience. I mean, I feel like that was... The whole or early forum thing could just literally be someone that was ahead of the curve. Could be. Where they were just like, this would be great to market to those like chat little like chat groups. Yeah. And, and maybe try and get them going and thinking and, and, and involved with like the current tour. Yeah. It's definitely smart of somebody to, to identify a, an up and coming medium and say, we got to get in on that. But I also think Pink Floyd has whether you believe this part or not, has always had this really interesting experimentation behind them, whether it just be their sound or, again, this is the part that some people might not necessarily buy into, but the idea that you could play Dark Side of the Moon alongside of Wizard of Oz and the album rides perfectly alongside the movie. Like, there are moments in the songs and crescendos and, and climaxes to, to music that happen alongside of big events that coincide perfectly. Did they the do that on purpose? We don't know. But that's what... A lot, I don't know who figured that out, by the way. And why were they like playing that with the movie on mute? But I don't know if it's been confirmed, Christian. Do you know? I don't know. I don't think it has. But it just builds out the idea that Pink Floyd was dabbling with some interesting stuff. You know? Yeah. I mean, not unlike the Beatles. Playing things backwards. Having potential coded messages in the songs and stuff. That's... That has always been kind of a floating theory for many bands throughout the years. Looks like members of the band have completely denied the, the Wizard of Oz Coincidence connection. then? Yeah, just yeah. pure coincidence. Wow, that's a cool coincidence. I mean, I do, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, peppering in little, like, things and then just going back and, like, look, there's breadcrumbs. Yeah. Like, we've been doing that since the first episode. No one's figured it out yet. Right. Task Force, here's to you. So, coming back to that statement, it ends with Pink Floyd will communicate. This meant that a lot of people that were fans of Pink Floyd, but also aware of Publius, were starting to go, well, maybe this was how Pink Floyd was choosing to communicate their, quote, message. Maybe this was connecting the dots between the two more cryptic pieces to basically validate that Publius was an authentic entity, that whoever was behind it was, in fact, 
corroborating at least with Pink Floyd. So Publius actually sent a follow-up message a few days later in order to clarify their message, the Publius message. Quote, As some of you have suspected, the division bell is not like its predecessors. Although all great music is subject to multiple interpretations, in this case there is a central purpose and a designed solution. For the ingenious person or group of persons who recognize this and where this information points to, a unique prize has been secreted. Why say it like that? I feel like you, you could have chose many different words on a thesaurus for that I don't know one. if I want a prize that's been secreted. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you win. I'll pass. But it continues to say this. Quote, How and where? The division bell. Listen again. Look again. As your thoughts will steer you. Leading the blind while I stared out the steel in your eyes. Lyrics, artwork, and music will take you there. End quote. Well, so now we have visuals. Yeah. So we're talking about the album artwork, which we will dive into here in a little bit. But they're they're basically solidifying that, hey, yes, continue to listen to the music. Continue to look at the visual elements to the album art and continue to come back here with your thoughts. Talk about it. Many still, even at this point, despite some of the kind of connections being made and drawn, did not believe in this treasure hunt. But Publius had a plan to convince them of their validity and posted on July 16, 1994. Quote, To validate the trust of those who believe, as well as to reconcile the doubt of others, I have gone to great lengths to plan the following display of communication. Monday, July 18th, East Rutherford, New Jersey, approximately 10.30 p.m., flashing white lights. There is an enigma. Trust. End quote. Well, they're very active, which is nice. I love that. And they're dropping a lot of breadcrumbs. Yeah. Which I feel like, since this was kind of like the earlier times, you probably had to do, right? Because people weren't conditioned. Now you, you could drop, I don't know, three different ding noises on a Reddit and call it a mystery. And yeah. everyone's just going to go to town on it like mm -hmm. a pack of rabid wolves and try and tear it apart 50 different That's ways. That's true. Back then, I'm assuming it was just like, I, maybe, I don't know. Right, you're, you're like, trailblazing. You're not, you're not conditioned mm -hmm. to to have that hive mind. You're not conditioned. People aren't conditioned to go looking for that. Right. Um, and, and work together in that kind of like, like with strangers on the internet. So I feel like that's, that's kind of where my mind's at. Like, I'm thinking like, okay, he's doing, they're there doing a really good job of leaving these chunky breadcrumbs along right. for you. Tasty to, like, morsels yeah, along the way. Good. I will say this too, I, and I got to appreciate it. We're, he we're heading towards what feels like a solution. I will, I will say that. What happens nowadays, yes, people are more conditioned to it, so they really go under the, to great lengths, theorizers and mystery lovers, to try to figure things out. But on the flip side, I feel like the people giving mysteries sometimes don't themselves have an end game. And so you end up with a lot of mysteries out there that really don't have an end. And so they don't follow up and they throw something out there and then they ghost for whatever reason. That, I would say, is the frustrating part that I really appreciate here is that consistency. It's, it's developing, it's adding, yeah. it's talking. And I do want to say this because July 18th was two days after that message. And something happened July 18th. Oh. So if you have another thought, I'll let it, I'll let it loose. No, the know. thought is just, and this is just kind of like where my mind is at with mm -hmm. like the current like mysteries is I think people who like create and develop these mysteries, I feel like a portion of them at least don't really have a solution just because so that way it can actually be a 
at least in their eyes, tough, difficult mystery. Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, like, I mean, if you give enough, the floodgates just gonna break wide open oh, because yeah. the with the current environment of the people on the internet, we just have so many tools. Oh now. yeah, like during back then, we didn't have as many tools and we weren't used to the flow, the workflow of it all. Right, right? now we, we're just we have so many tools and so everyone's communicating with each other. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I mean, using an example, a task force member named Phoenix Edits actually created a very very cool light ARG for the task force. That's true. Yeah. And so many people in the task force were able to crack it so rapidly. Yeah. And it wasn't for the lack of effort. It was a really cool, like I said, light ARG that they oh, came 100%. up with. But yeah, like people are just so intuitive now. Right. And they have so many tools. Mm -hmm. So yeah, on one hand, I can see that where you want the mystery to be difficult. You don't want to give too much. But on the other hand, I think cynically, sometimes people develop half of mystery look at the theories and go, that's the best one. Let's actualize True. that. You yeah. know, let's make that the end goal. Oh, yeah. All right. So coming back now, July 18th, to your point, they are very responsive to constantly talking to the audience, if you will. And they delivered. Two days after this message on July 18th, 1994, during the concert, I'm talking about Pink Floyd's concert in East Rutherford, the words Enigma Publius appeared in lights. It was actually captured on video. I don't know if this was one of the teams or if this was just super serendipitous, but the video shows the band performing and on a certain cue, right in front of the stage in these giant letters, basically like a bunch of little light bulbs strung together to make pixels, essentially, kind of like a marquee. It says Enigma Publius right in front of the band. And it's, it's not like off to the side. It's not up in the air. It's not outside the venue. It's in front of the band. So this is like... The nail in the coffin as far as connecting the dots of this enigmatic mystery to the band itself. Well, it validates the mystery. Yeah, absolutely. Because everyone's just like, I don't know. This is not what's usual, what's normal. I, it's probably just some random person making some, oh, no, it's, there mm -hmm. it is, there's my validation. Like, they have to have some type of connection to the band in mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form you can't just throw up random stuff in front of Jay-Z during his concert. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. It's so, yeah, I mean, it validates it for, for everyone. Yeah. And for the task force out there, you might be thinking, well, what if they saw a previous concert? Maybe it's a similar pyrotechnic display or light display. This is the first time that these words had ever been displayed on this tour with this band in front of them. This is not something that had happened before. And I don't think, Christian, it, it, I don't think it happened again. I don't think it did, no. Yeah. I think this was an isolated incident. So it strictly validated that last like message. It's really ahead of its time marketing. I love it. Like, I, I don't know. But I'm, I'm, that's I'm what loving I'm it. leaning towards. Yeah. So after this convincing display, the Usenet community attempted to come up with answers to the puzzle. Now, many more of them are convinced. And they're using the Division Bell album art. They're looking at the lyrics. They're, they're diving into all the clues that Publius gave and reiterated. And sometimes Publius even mentioned solvers by name, encouraging those who seem to get close to a solution. Oh, I mean, that's... I love that. That's what you got to do. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you, you encourage people and you, and, you, and you point those people out because you, you kind of, one, you let the audience know that, like, they're being recognized, and two, you give them a champion, if not like a goal to reach towards. Like it's Absolutely. very smart. Oh yeah, and you and you kind of enthrall them. They're like, they're talking to me. Mm -hmm. This mystery is talking to me. And 
Now you're going, well, also, it's Pink Floyd's talking right. to me, kind of. Yeah. So, Just like you, Jesse. I'm talking right to you right now <laughs> who's listening. We see you. When, wait, why are you getting up? Don't Don't, worry don't pause it. yet. No, don't no, no, no. Pause, don't pause. Don't oh, they worry. paused it. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. All right. Well, when they Three. come back, they'll hear this part. But three clues emphasized by Publius were the following. One, quote, there is a great significance in the page numbers. Two, quote, leading the blind while I stared out the steel in your eyes. And then three, quote, a question. What exactly is a division bell and where could this lead your thoughts? In total, Publius sent around 12 confirmed messages on Usenet. Their messages became less frequent with six months passing between messages. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is where we start to make great jumps in lengths of time. So now, August 2nd, 1995, a little over a year later, Publius wrote that their next message would contain clues about a physical location that needed to be visited in order to solve the puzzle. That would be their last official message because in September 1996, again, a little over a year later from that, the pennant remailer was shut down after a number of compromises. Any future messages were hard to verify as far as if it was officially Publius because the original avenue that they created to confirm their identity but stay anonymous was again shut down. And so this kind of put a, a damper in this particular mystery. And unfortunately, the news group itself was shut down as of 2018. Though, again, as I mentioned at the top, some parts are still accessible through archive services like Narchive and Google Groups. So what exactly do we mean by compromise? Like the website itself that he was using as a proxy? Yeah. So that shut down? That's a great question, Christian. I don't know if you have any more information on that, but basically compromised in the sense of I'm sure somebody got access to the back end, could maybe figure out who was who. Right, was if, it hacked? Or... Right. So if it's a server to help create anonymity, it could impede that anonymity. Or, I don't know, yeah. Nothing that we could find, but I'll see if I can dig something yeah. out. Yeah. Basically, it just became not secure or safe to use. Right. And so they just said, all right, we're going to shut it down. Interesting. Which is so unfortunate. Yeah. Because I feel like... We were hitting a stride. For, for once, there was someone that's like, look, we're going to start it and we're going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Hello there, Task Force. This is Christian. Just jumping in with some orders of business and then I promise we'll get right back into the episode. First off, I know you've heard us talking about it for a while, but July 7th through 9th, we're going to be at RTX Austin. It's an annual convention in Austin, Texas with a company that we work for, Rooster Teeth, and we've got some very fun task force-oriented red web activities for you all to go to. For example, we've got the Red Web Escape Room. We're partnering with the Escape Game downtown in downtown Austin. Escape Game is a national chain of escape rooms, and we're partnering with them to Red Webify one of their escape rooms they have on site. So me and Trevor and Alfredo have been having a lot of meetings, a lot of conversations, talking about ideas, how we can bring the Red Web spin to a custom escape room. If that sounds fun to you, all you got to do is buy a badge to the convention and you get access to the escape room. It's included with the purchase of a badge. You don't got to pay any extra or anything. If that's not enough for you, we're also going to have our annual meeting of the minds. We're going to have an in-person Red Web panel where you're going to be able to come and hang out. We got some fun stuff planned that we're working on, cooking up for you. It's going to be a really good time. Go to rtxaustin.com to get your badges now. And now, a word from our sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by HelloFresh. Are you ready to dive into the world of farm-to-table goodness? Well, HelloFresh has you covered. 
With every HelloFresh box, you'll experience the absolute best in farm-fresh ingredients. We're talking ingredients hand-picked at the peak of ripeness and delivered straight from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days. It's like having a farmer's market right at your fingertips, ready to tantalize your taste buds with unbeatable flavors. Plus, you can say goodbye to the stress of figuring out what to cook for dinner because HelloFresh has mouth-watering, chef-crafted recipes, and fresh ingredients delivered right to your door. So, get ready to evaluate your meals with HelloFresh. It's time to embrace farm-fresh flavors and simplify your summer dining. I'm a big fan of HelloFresh. They send you everything you need. You're able to follow the instructions on these nice little recipe cards they give you. I was a big fan of the sweet and smoky pork tenderloin. If that doesn't sound good to you, then I don't know what's wrong with you. They have incredible recipes. All of them are just absolutely delicious. I love HelloFresh. I cannot wait to get some more. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 and use code RedWeb16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's 16 free meals plus free shipping when you go to HelloFresh.com slash RedWeb16 and use code RedWeb16. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, finding that perfect online coupon code just got way easier. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies them to your cart. When you check out online, the Honey button appears and all you've got to do is click apply coupons. Just wait a couple seconds while Honey tries out the codes for that site and if Honey finds a working coupon, boom, you save. I love using Honey. I'm a very frugal person. I love saving any pennies or cents or dollars whenever I can. And it is absolutely awesome to be able to just click that button whenever I go to a website and see what kind of dollars Honey can put back in my wallet. And Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash redweb. That's joinhoney.com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Rocket Money. Have you ever wondered how much those sneaky subscriptions really cost you? Most Americans think they're spending around $80 a month, but the actual total is closer to $200. If rising prices have you stressed out, then you need Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel those subscriptions that you don't use anymore. Rocket Money will track down those hidden expenses, and with the tap of that cancel button, they'll take care of the rest. Easy peasy. Rocket Money is also your all-in-one financial hub. It helps manage your finances and brings all your accounts into one place and categorizes your expenses so you can keep track of your budget in real time. I know Alfredo has told me and Trevor about how he's used Rocket Money to cancel some subscriptions and it saved him quite a bit of money. You always have one or two that you subscribe to and then completely forget about. It's something that I know I could use and I'm looking forward to using it because, man, like I said, I love saving me some money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash redweb. That's rocketmoney.com slash redweb. Again, rocketmoney.com slash Red Web. And without further ado, we'll get right back into the mystery. So, of course, when you think about Publius Enigma, there are many different interpretations out there. Many believe that Publius's call to communicate is as far as the puzzle goes. Whoever created it just wanted to facilitate community, discussion, perhaps promote something, and possibly bring on new listeners to Pink Floyd. Others still believe that the clues point to a history of the band and the drama with its members. I think that there is a natural want 
in humanity to find drama, to think that like, well, that's too simple of an answer. It must go deeper because of these clues. But regardless... I love drama on oh, reality television. Oh, absolutely. You know? That stuff is exploding right now. But suffice to say, many people had different interpretations despite kind of where we're about to head here. I feel personally that there's some clarity, but the door is still open for a lot of people. There's a handful of people who believe that the Enigma is themselves, the person reading these clues, the individuals who are interacting with Publius. While this might sound outlandish, it could be true that Publius simply wanted listeners to find meaning in the music, i.e. the Enigma was the way that they, the listeners, engaged with Publius, engaged with the album, and they wanted to create a more unique experience beyond, again, just listening. You know what I mean? I mean, I get it's probably just a way for people to discuss and get really engaged with the content. Yeah. I mean, you think about T-Swift, right? Yeah. She's dropping Easter eggs all over the place and people are finding deeper messaging, deeper meanings throughout the music videos and songs and whatnot. I don't know where to go from there because that's my light understanding of some of right. that. But I I think that that's really clever and it's, it's a way to create something deeper than just a yeah. awesome sounding soundtrack. It's engagement and it allows also all, like others to engage with each other and, like on a deeper level. Absolutely. I also heard that her concerts are amazing. Like three, That's what I'm like saying. A, like a three hour like story told narrative. Yeah. Different outfits. And she's getting that earned right. media. Like people are just talking about her because of I mean, that's it. She's creating an experience that mm -hmm. goes beyond just making a sonically complete album. Right. That means, words. that means, all right, so you actually have to have multiple outfits for Christian. He's got to change right. every, like, five minutes. Absolutely. I mean, the production value's got to be there. Annual Meeting of the Minds here at RTX, it's, right. it's going to go deeper than the surface level. We're yeah. going to imbibe your brains <laughs> with all sorts of curiosities <laughs> and intrigues. And a lot of BS. <laughs> I'm tell you right now. I'm going to bring a lot of BS to that. RTXAustin.com. So, let's continue on with the interpretations, though, because there's still a few hanging chads. A few pieces that are very intriguing that I want to dive into. For example, the page numbers. Remember that Publius was saying that there is a great significance to these page numbers. So, with that said, there was a particular member of the news group called Phil. Phil's early on the internet. He probably got Phil.com, but yeah. he's got the news group simply named Phil. That's cool. And this user found that some of the page numbers were only seen on certain pages not on every page. So they said, okay, cool. I'll look at the pages that do have the numbers and see what I can get from that. Simply enough, they looked at if the pages were even or odd. This led Phil to see them as a binary number. And I don't know if one was even or one was odd, but the number they came up with was 1110111110, which converted to decimal would be 1918. This led them to then think of Armistice of 1918. So many levels. This is wild. We're, we're making some jumps. Going, no, I mean it all. It's all clear, but the the oh, the, yeah. the, the depth here that we're going into. Oh, yeah. it's just, I would have been like, interesting. It's on some of the pages, right? I would yeah. have written those numbers down and been like, okay, that's where my brain ended. <laughs> yep, and that's it. So, so they got 1918. This led them to Armistice of 1918, which was on the date 11 11 1918 or November 11th. Much of the division bell has connections to 11. So now we're starting to have new connections, new strings to draw on, including on page 11 of the album art, the German word for 11, Elf, 
was written twice. Pink Floyd, oh man, this is where this is where it gets really interesting. The rabbit hole. Yeah. So Pink Floyd, you know, they I guess relatively recently reunited. They reunited on June 11th, 2005. Another instance of 11. However, it's stranger than that. It's the very same date that Publius first posted in the news group, 11 years previous to the day. Why? The 11's all over the place. Why? Is this just one big coincidence? I don't know. Is one of them Publius? <laughs> Are they in the early 90s essentially, and maybe not, but essentially forecasting their reunion? <laughs> They're like, we're going to disband and reunite in 11 years. Very strange. That's wild. Yeah. But cool at the same time. Oh, yeah. There's also now, kind of moving on from that, an old Angel Fire website created by someone who we'll refer to as WB Good. They presented an interesting theory that continues to be popular to this day. They wrote that to understand the enigma, in addition to the album and the messages from Publius, one needs to understand the 1950 book, Cybernetics and Society, The Human Use of Human Beings by Norbert Wiener. It's so interesting because we started this whole episode talking about the idea of cybernetics, enhancing yeah. oneself with technology. I, I wanted to let that breathe because of this very conversation. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's and now Task Force, this might be the best evidence yet to say Fredo is either psychic or getting my notes early. <laughs> we don't know. Task Force made a whole thread on the subreddit. There's like Wait, the fan-made really? subreddit where they were like, do you guys remember when Christian and Fredo gaslit Trevor to say like <laughs> that Fredo was getting the notes early? Anyway. <laughs> Coming back to the author and this book, Wiener defines cybernetics as, quote, control and communication in the animal and the machine. And in simpler terms, I'll just say, it's often described as using technology to advance human progress. Again, the communication between the biology and the technology. It also revolves around the idea of feedback loops. The earth, governments, people, etc., all rely on feedback progress. Interestingly, now this is very interesting actually, and we'll post all of our visual elements in our YouTube uploads, but also on all of our social handles. One of the covers used for this book very, very strongly resembles the cover of the album art to The Division Bell. Take a look at that. Just inspired or? Well, you tell me. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, hum the human use of human beings is looks like it's just like a backwards D on the left and a regular D on the right. And then the other one looks like it's kind of like the two faces. But I mean, it's similar in terms of like positioning yeah. and shape. I will say like the album art, for lack of a better kind of descriptor, it almost feels like the Easter Isles sculpture heads, but a little more rounded, yeah, a little more avant-garde. And then the book cover has a very similar, like you said, you described them as kind of Ds, like little half circles where they have circles where the eyes would be and little arrows pointing to each other, basically indicating that communication between technology and biology. But the Ds are very minimalist, and so you could yeah. kind of see those also as heads facing There's one another. an odd amount of, like, connections here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's for me, it's in the gray zone, where I go, uh, it's a little too much for coincidence, but... I'm also just like, a little more would make it not coincidence for me. Yeah. You know, now that I'm looking at this album cover art, and just because of what we just said, my mind is primed, but it's two faces basically looking at each other mouth open mm -hmm. to kind of indicate that feedback loop. 
That's how we progress, right? So it's like they're kind of talking to one another. But then when you look at it and kind of blur your eyes, you can see that the two faces also make one whole face. So it's the act of multiple people working together, talking together, coming together as one, perhaps, which also feels very much like what Publius was trying to do on Usenet. It's all very interesting. And then there's also something very interesting. If you look in the very background on the horizon between the mouths, there's another kind of clue there that we're going to get into in just a bit. But I do want to quote WB Good again here. They go on to say, in addition to analyzing the lyrics, they say this, quote, There may not be an enigma, but there is indeed a central purpose and a designed solution behind it. Quoting Publius. What could Pink Floyd possibly have to offer in the form of a unique prize? Pink Floyd are musicians. The only unique prize they could possibly offer is the music of Pink Floyd. Remarkably, the online demonstration of communication, feedback, control, and progress, along with the ideas stemming from the book, constitute a key or map to further appreciating the music on the division bell. Which is kind of like what we were saying. Yeah. There's another website by Nicholas Palfi that goes into even more in-depth analysis on the division bell. Palfi believes that the enigma has more to do with astronomy, precise times, and locations as compared to the idea of it being around communication. To expand on that, he wrote that the lyrics' emphasis on darkness throughout the entire album might actually point to the time being the winter solstice, December 21st, the shortest day of the year, i.e. the darkest. He also claimed that there's a connection between the album and Stonehenge, Stonehenge being vastly well known for theories revolving around summer and winter solstices, the sun setting between stones and everything. Would love to do a whole episode on that. But Palfi writes that at Stonehenge on winter solstice, some kind of treasure should be found, but he did not say what the treasure was. There is much more to his theories, but we'll include a link to Palfi's and WB Goods' websites on our social posts for any task force members that want to dive in deep and investigate a little further. Well, I mean, it seems like we have a location now. Well, this is Palfi's theory. Yeah, a theory. But we do have now, yeah, a location, which I, I think is really interesting. Here's the thing. Yeah. Why don't we just ask the band? Oh, we're getting there. Anything to do with it whatsoever. We got, like, we got one more clue and we'll get they're there. They're still kicking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ask and give us answers. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get there, you're totally right. And I'm telling you, he's either got my notes or he's a psychic. There's another popular theory as to what the treasure was or perhaps even where it was located. We still don't know what it is, but I digress. The theory was that it was located in Cambridge, England, because if you go back to the album art, as I was kind of indicating, you look between the mouths, you look on the horizon, there is Ely Cathedral, which is a location, like I said, Cambridge, England. And um, at the beginning of the song High Hopes on the album, you can hear church bells. And so that's another indication that maybe, okay, Ely Cathedral being on the album cover, having church bells, maybe this is to indicate it is in fact at that location. Stonehenge, I think, is also in the UK. So there's a lot pointing that way, but it's also an English band, no? So, regardless of that, though, fans reportedly began digging holes around Ely Church to see if they could find oh a treasure. My God. They found nothing. Right. But it was at least an interesting kind of thought to put together. Now, with that said, I want to jump forward to the year 2002 and begin dissecting some of the band's official responses. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Goodness, if we didn't have that, I'd be like, why don't we? Yeah. Now, this will begin to provide some closure, I think, for a lot of task force members. However, like I said, we got a post-credit scene. So strap in. There's a little bit more. 
And before we jump to that, just to oh. close the loop on oh, the, yeah, yeah. the remailer compromises. Yeah, the, the compromises that the remailer experienced were unrelated to the mystery. It was some, we will say, some unsavory details that not worth getting into. There Got were some it. allegations of the remailer being used for criminal activity. Okay. Sensitive files being accessed by different groups. So completely unrelated to the mystery, just pure coincidence. Gotcha. Or Christian's going on record to say, Pink Floyd criminals, question mark? <laughs> yeah. There <laughs> Title it is. of the episode, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you for that, Christian. But yeah, in 2002, Pink Floyd's guitarist, David Gilmour, wrote that the Publius Enigma was, quote, some silly record company thing that they thought up to puzzle people with, end quote. And then you also have lighting director, interesting because Publius Enigma was, or Enigma Publius was lit up at one of the shows, Mark Brickman. He's the one that put those words on the stage, and he said this in an interview, quote, It came out of some guy of Washington, D.C. that used to be with the CIA or FBI or something that was in the encryption game. He decided he wanted to do some kind of album cover, and he started talking to Steve O'Rourke, the band's manager. So we're kind of drawing out now, oh, okay, so maybe it did have connections to the band, but wasn't originating from the band. Yeah, I mean, like, look, the... It's a big team working on this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right the bag. You got a marketing team, you got managers, you got producers, all that kind of stuff. You got the bandmates themselves. And and I feel like at the at some point someone threw out the idea of this as like a think group marketing stunt type thing, and they're just like, sure, go for it. Yeah. There was another interview. Actually, this one was done during a signing. The drummer, Nick Mason, mentioned a very similar person, kind of corroborating these previous statements. He said this, quote, That was a ploy done by EMI. They had a man working for them who adored puzzles. He used to work for the Reagan administration. He was working for EMI and suggested that a puzzle be created that would be followed on the web. The prize was never given out. To this day, it remains unresolved. The prize was something like a crop of trees planted in a clear-cut area of forest or something to that effect. It was not to be a prize of some tangible thing, but rather a touchy-feely sort of gift that was more philanthropic than something you could hang on the wall. And for posterity, EMI was Pink Floyd's record label at that time. So at the end of the day, despite the band's denial of their personal involvement and the belief that the puzzle is unsolvable, the Publius Enigma has continued to intrigue fans. And discussion and theories around the Enigma still continue to this very day. I feel like this is solved for me, which is very fulfilling. Because like, I don't know, all the signs were there that they're connected to the band in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And we're in a very similar industry, just entertainment, right? So there's a lot of moving pieces and parts that are attached to the core, just like with the Red Web, same thing with Pink Floyd. And so it's like, yeah, sure. I could totally like see, I mean, the lights were on the damn stage. Mm-hmm. Someone connected to them had this idea and it was approved by someone within that like sphere. And so it's cool to see that like there's interviews with the person that lit the stage mm-hmm. and like talking about how someone in the government, you know, former CIA agent or whatever. Yeah. And then the drummer talking about it was someone, yeah, for the agency that like wanted to do puzzles that was formerly a part of the, uh, was it the president's administration? Yeah, Reagan's. Reagan. Yeah. And so it's like that, that connects. That's two separate people that probably aren't chatting every day telling a story that like has connected tissue to each other. So I don't know. That's really cool. I love that. I, I think there's closure to me as well. Now, 
I think a lot of people want to seek deeper resolve. Like if it's unresolved, it means that there's still something yet to be there. So there's the one side, which is who did this and why? I think we have closure on that. But what is the end goal? How did one receive the prize or I guess the philanthropic effort of planting some trees? That part is left open. So it's still finding the solve to the puzzle itself. But I do appreciate that we have the origin kind of figured out. Yeah, I think it is solved in that um, it's just not something that's as tangible as people had previously throughout their journey in this mystery. It just unfortunately fell apart Mm -hmm. um, at the one yard line. But I do very much feel like we have all the answers. It's just people going, no, it's still mystery because they didn't actually see it. Right. Right. They're not actually seeing it or or having secondhand experience of someone that would be like, I was there. I crossed the goalpost. Like, yeah, it, it's finished, you know? Finished. Like, as much as you, you like, you're telling them, they're still not crossing the end zone. I keep using football analogy. They're still not crossing, <laughs> they're not crossing the end zone, right? And yeah. so for them, it's like it's never fully, like, complete until yeah. that happens. Still got that brain tickle. Yeah. You're still trying yeah. to scratch that, which is totally natural. But this is where we kind of fade down and fade back up. This is almost this post credit scene kind of opening the door to a sequel that may never exist, right? Oh, wow. okay. So let's talk about the mystery continued, potentially. I'm going to take you right back to the 90s. On March 3rd, 1997, three years after The Division Bell was released and Publius shared their message, a new person called Genesis appeared in the Pink Floyd news group, saying this, quote, Where have we taken our minds? Do you know where the end is? Listen to the breathe of new change. Follow my lead. I'll show you things never seen. I may be your contact of playing games. Without a doubt, your answers can be known. At last, a final resting place. Genesis. There is less information on Genesis than Publius, but they attempted to continue what Publius started, with less feedback than before, but calling it a new beginning. Publius would praise users going through, going in the right direction with their theories, but Genesis simply left clues and rarely engaged, if ever. Genesis posted many clues in the group and continued to do so up until 2007. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Leaving over 100 messages. Some believe that Genesis was a continuation of Publius, but it's unknown if they were ever connected. However, Genesis never had a way to prove their connection to Pink Floyd. In addition to Genesis, some feel there is still a connection between the band and the Publius Enigma, despite what the artists say publicly. Artwork for the mini-disc release of the album A Momentary Lapse of Reason, which was released in 1987, includes the words Publius and Enigma. And then there's also a live version of the song One of These Days, where Publius Enigma is said before the song starts. It was performed in 1972, but released in 2003. So really thinking about that, it really extends out the timeline of this mystery yeah, vastly they kept before. running with it. Yeah. And if it's something that like, I don't know, the record label and their marketing team did it, it was eh. To keep doing it, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Well, also, like, if it was performed in 1972 and then came out after the messages from Publius, yeah. but there's also the release in 1987, it seems like the idea of Publius or the Publius Enigma was at least on the minds of the band members. To me, it seems like whoever this puzzle maker was, they just knew the inner lore of Pink Floyd, and so they knew to tap into certain elements. Otherwise, this opens the door for a lot of 
folks to believe that, no, 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 this was laid by the band members themselves, and they want to distance themselves from the puzzle to keep the enigma, well, enigmatic, mysterious. It's interesting. And then you can actually find that video on YouTube. We'll link that as well. I listened through it, Christian. I struggled to hear where they say Publius Enigma, but I did see at least one commenter on this video saying that they had searched for like hours to find it and that this was the best uh, video to to hear it in. Yeah, it was tough for me too. It was like, you have to strain to listen to it. And it's one of those things where it's like, am I hearing this because I'm Uh, listening for it? But I mean, that was just my anecdotal experience as well. Yeah, but as always, we're going to share that link. Task Force, feel free to dive in. As always, when we share a link or point to a link, proceed with caution. It is the internet. But to wrap up this idea with another link here, there is the Google Group's archive of the news group, and it's still active. They've got discussions as recent as today, as of the recording of this episode, June 1st, 2023, Happy Pride Month, where they're still going on. They're still debating what's what's this puzzle all about and discussing it. And it seems to be the main place to discuss these theories. Again, we'll post that link as well. But that is the Publius Enigma, arguably the first internet mystery. That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like it was literally just someone ahead of their time. I love it. It was like, I like doing, I like creating these type of puzzles and the internet's kind of a thing that's, mm-hmm. that's been popping. And so let me try that forum, that platform to see what I can do with it. That's yeah. really, really cool. It's interesting to hear the almost blase from the artists themselves kind of going, yeah, I don't know. It was like some sort of interesting kind of experiment puzzle thing. But the fact that they were just down to allow it to happen, like and I it think kept popping up. Yeah, I think I that's the part of creation I find so intriguing is playing with things, testing with things, experimenting. And clearly that was whether you believe that the artists were officially involved or tangentially involved. Either way, it's def- it definitely fits Pink Floyd's M.O., and continues yeah. to just build on, honestly, their own mysterious kind of creation process. Or it's something in the middle where it was pitched by, you know, it's either marketing team did it or Pink Floyd themselves did it. Or maybe it was just something that the record label came up with, that one individual. And they're like, hey, we like this. Like, mm-hmm. this naturally kind of fits our mindset. And you know, you get that sometimes where there's yeah. just like, you know, organic thoughts that come outside from the core group. Right. Just like our Twitter handle. I don't know who runs that. I don't think anybody on the task force team knows who runs it, but it's happening. I, th- I think our, I think our Twitter is run by AI, Christian. We, we need to look into that. Man. Is it us or is it Publius? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> but that's it. That's the question I'll leave you with task forces. What do you think about Genesis? Do you think that Genesis is an extension of Publius because of the compromised servers that they use to have anonymity, or is it a copycat? I mean, I if know. it is, it's not the same person. Yeah, right, because they're interacting in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that said, that's been the oldest mystery of the internet, the Publius Enigma. Afraid I'll see you right back here next Monday for yet another mystery. Publius. Publius.